everyone. My name is Yoel Weiss. I'm the director of the Tian Foundation. Work with Shibat Haratian and Mikalos. It's just wonderful to see so many pogrim, pogrod, parents, grandparents, and friends. Uh, it's been uh, two years, I think, since we've had the events and Shabbatonim. So it's wonderful to have both Shabbaton here. I want to thank Rabbi Schreier for hosting in Bnei Shurun, and of course Rabbi Schreier is here as well from Rinat, who had Rav Moshe speak in the shul and having the Rebbeim speak in the different communities. Uh, and for tonight, uh, we're going to have this program. I want to thank Debbie and Shirley from the Etienne Foundation helping put this together. Yoni help. But primarily to thank, of course, Rosh Hashiva, Ramosha Lichtenstein, Vanit Esti Rosenberg, Weber is here, Carrigan, Shana Goldberg, and Rachel Schmel, all of them This evening, we're going to have a discussion, uh, quite sure it's going to be lively, and is the topic of contemporary educational challenges. Uh, I'm going to ask Rav uh, Meish Targan, Rav Moshe Targan, and Rami Yeshiva Tartion to open up the program, say a few words, and then pass it on as a discussion, and we'll then open it up to questions and answers. The Bakasha, Rabbi Targan. Okay, so first of all, we all should give a big thank you to Yoel. Yoel, you Post Corona, thank you. Come on, do it again. Second of all, it's just really good to see each other. It's really good to be out together and to connect. And a lot of different people in this room, a lot of different decades, a lot of different people, um, alumnus, alumni, parents, Talmudim, Talmidos. What do we all share? What is the shared, what is the shared currency in this room? What is our current common DNA? Our common DNA is a real thing a lot about Fimus. And why do we think a lot about Chinuch? Well, I'm not going to tell you the story of the crying baby. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell that story. But that story implies the following. When Rabbi Tal said in 1968, with the first group of students, he was considering whether they should or shouldn't come to the yeshiva, and they asked him, well, make your yeshiva different than the crying baby story, and the legend began. The implied question was, it's 1968. And 1868 models are no longer going to work. And 1468 models are no longer going to work. Because although we're learning the timeless eternal Torah, times change. And when times change, then educational approaches and policies have to change. So the question was, how will we change in 1968, and what will Yeshiva look like? And that's in our DNA. That's in the DNA of Yeshiva Haratzion, that's in the DNA of Migdalos, that's in the DNA of whether you're learning Yeshiva in 1970 or 2020. That we're learning the timeless words of Torah, the timeless words of Chazal. But we have to find ways to reinvent educational models while still retaining and maintaining our tradition and our Messiah. And that's what we share in this room. No matter when you learn, no matter whether you're son, daughter, you're in this room because we think about education seriously, professionally. And we're looking at the Rafa, but also push so many of us, and something I'm so proud of as a member of this yeshiva, is how many of our Tamidim actually enter Chinuch, how many of them enter Rabbanis. And just spending this weekend in Tinek and just seeing 
so many generations of our Talmudim taking positions both in the educational institutions and the shuls that hosted us. It's a real badge of honor for our yeshiva. But it directly stems from the conversations we had with you in yeshiva and in Mikdalos. How can we change Am Yisrael? How can we be forward-thinking in Chinuch? So tonight's conversation is about contemporary challenges in Chinuch. It's a conversation that's implicit and linked to all of us because of our experiences in yeshiva either firsthand or through the children that studied in yeshiva. And some of you are on the path to become a chanchem, but everyone in this room, hopefully, as part of the legacy of yeshiva, should have chinuch on their minds throughout their lives. At this Shabbos table, conversations, when institutions start, should be in the forefront of trying to help distill what educational approach should be taken in communities and schools. So tonight we'll try to tackle some of the challenges in the modern world. Because the world's changing, and radically changing. Change now is five, five years apart. It used to be 15 years, now change happens five, six years at a time. Things are changing really rapidly. How do we respond to those changes? Some of us are educators, but we all have education on our mind. It's part of our, it's part of our discourse. So, I think it's really important that we're having this conversation. I'll pass it off to Ellie. Good evening, everybody. Um, if I look relaxed sitting up here, please know that I'm not. We are not the only one. I'm not relaxed because of you. I'm sitting between two people who I like and respect, and I'd like that to continue even after this evening. So, you know, those are sort of the ground rules. Um, I'll ask some questions, we'll discuss, people will participate, we'll see where it goes. Okay. I have, for people who know me, I have a long and storied history in Chinuch. It's 11 years. Okay? And so to take off on, on what Paragon started talking about, I think where, where I want to start is, and it's unfair to ask each of you to answer a question in one word, so we'll say one word, and then you can explain your answer. But I have to say genetically, it may be impossible. <laughs> so my question is the following. Okay. My question is the following. Just to take 11 years, because that's my history. If I ask you, was it easier or harder 11 years to be mechanic, a girl, a woman in Migdalot, the Talmud in Yeshivat Haaretzion? Yes or no, and why? Well, yes or no is one word. <laughs> and, 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 How about Talmud? Is that one okay, word? I was about to say, my father would never answer me yes or no. He wouldn't let you a film shot down on the So I'm not going to answer that. It's a mukab. That's two words. It's complicated. But I'll try to relate to your question. Uh, I told, I'll quote, the girls that were in Shabbaton already heard this, but I'll quote Rabbi Mital, that used to say that Rabbi Zusha said that he wanted to change the entire world, and then he saw that it's hard to change the entire world, so he said, I'll only change my town. And then he, he saw that it's hard to change his town, he decided to change only his family, improve his family. Then he saw that it's hard to improve his town, his family. So he said, I only improve Zusha. Um, Amital used to say, today people want to improve themselves. 
They see Tartu and they start to improve their family, their community, and the entire world. So sitting here in discussion, discussion, discuss, discussing um, education can sound as if I'm trying to change the entire world except for myself. So I think that these questions that we want to discuss are not only like telling other people what to do, but really an inner inspect of what I think are the challenges today as my challenges as an Ovedet Hashem, the challenges of me as a, as a mother, challenges, challenges as an educator, but it's really things that I, are always on my mind. And in that way, maybe more now than 10 or 11 years ago, if I want to be serious, I do think that things are more complicated or challenging today than they used to be, even though people always like to tell me it was always, always different challenges. Not that once everything was smooth and easy. So I won't say if it's more or less, I'll say what I think of the challenges today, maybe differently than more than 11 years ago. I'll start with something general, and then maybe if we talk about women's learning Torah, I can be more specific what changed in the past 11 years, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's the subject, but I'm willing to relate to that. Parashat Shavua, אנחנו מסתכלים על מוצאי שבס, so it's not, I don't have to relate to וישב, אז פרשת שבוע, I want to talk about וייצן וישלח. יעקב אבינו runs away to Haran, because his brother is about to kill him, and he also, he runs away from באר שבע, because his brother is about to kill him, but he also goes to Haran, בגלל שהקדוש ברוך הוא gives him ברכת אברהם, and he has to find a wife to build with her in כנסת ישראל. He's so successful, he finds four. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he leaves in the end of Tuldot, his mother says to him, Brach lecha ilavan achi charana, v'yashavta eto yanim achadim. And his father says to him, El Shaddai yivarech otcha v'yafrecha, v'ayita lekalamim, v'natan lecha yitbekat Avraham. So he's, like in the entire Sefer Bereshit, he's always balanced between day-to-day life, his concerns that he's about, maybe, threatened to death, and the big mission of Birkat Avraham, that he has to really go and fulfill Becharan, כמו ששלחו את יצחק, את אליעזר, to find a wife ליצחק. And he comes to Charan, who make a long story short, הקשבתם לפרשת שבוע last week and this week, but when he comes to Bet'el, leaving to Charan, הקדוש ברוך הוא talks to him, ונגלה אליו, ואומר לו, פרצת ימה וקדמה צפונה ונגבה, ונברכו בך כל משפחות האדמה, והנה אנוכי עמך ושמרתיך. הקדוש ברוך הוא טוען את הבאלנס, את הברכת אברהם, והקדוש ברוך הוא פרוטקטי. וניעקב wakes up מהחלום, הוא אומר מה נורא המקום הזה, שזה פרוטקטי ברכת ברכת אברהם. But it's very obvious when he wakes up that he's more threatened and terrified from day to day life. כלומר, אם יהיה אלוקים עמדי ושמרני בדרך אשר אני הולך, ונתן לי לחם לאכול ובגד ללבוש, ושבתי בשלום, והוא נודר נדר, הנאה, נכון? ככה אומרים נדר? A promise? שבועה, אוקיי? Then it's gonna come back. And then, פרשת ויצא, 20 years. עוברים עליו, 7 for the first wife, 7 for the second wife, and his kids are born, and he has a lot of issues to handle. 
family issues, uh, raising his kids, building his family, building Knesset Israel and building his own family, and the tension between his wives, and fertility issues of having the kids. And also he has to make money. So he stays for another six years. To support the family he built. And 20 years go by, and in these 20 years, Yaakov is very busy with a lot of things. I think he really, for, he didn't forget that he was threatened. Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Lo, ata kum, tzemina, shuv el eretz avotecha, umlo adadcha, veyeimach, anuchi ha'el bet el, asher mashach tashem matzeva, asher adarta li sham nedem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wakens him up after 20 years and says, Yaakov, you have to go back. To Eretz Yisrael, he can't stay in Now, I'm not sure he stayed in because he was threatened. Even though before he comes back to Eretz Yisrael, he says he has to settle down with his son. But then he נכנס לארץ ישראל והולך לשכם. אז הקדוש ברוך הוא אומר לו שוב, קום לך לבית אל ועשה שם הצבא, לאל הנראה עליך בבוכחה מפני עשיו אחיך. So why did he stay 20 years in What did he forget? And I think he stayed because of two reasons. One was maybe he was threatened, but one was because he forgot, maybe. And one was because he was doing important things. He was raising his family. He was supporting his family. But HaKadosh Baruch when he sends him back, there's a feeling in the Midrash Tarchuma. It's very specific about it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Omer Yaakov ben Forash, you have to go back, you forgot your mission. And there's a wonderful, uh, דרמטיק מדרש ממש, שהצדיק, הקדוש ברוך הוא אומר, עד מתי יהיה לו צדיק זה ולא מבין, אני, he's very specific. קום עלה בית אל ועשה שם מצבה. So I think Yaakov's life is a story of what's happening to us in the past. I don't want to say 11 years, but I think one of our challenges is balancing between what we remember and what we forget. And I think that sometimes we really have real concerns that don't let us to be but sometimes we also just uh, we want to make more money. We want to. Sometimes we. I was in one. We went to, to visit colleges this week. So in one of the colleges, it's a nice. I went, one of the colleges. One of the students said to us, "I said, are you back in? Are you in Zoom? Are you in classrooms?" So they said. Well, we're back here in the campus, but some of our, te- our teachers can choose, the professors can choose if they want to teach a live, if they want to show the films that they video themselves last year when we are not allowed to teach a live. They said a lot of professors just send in, you know, the link, and we'll, we sit in class and watch their video from last year getting the class. So after being here four days, I said to them, but people don't look to me so terrified by Corona. One, two, three. So why don't your professors come? They're so afraid of Corona. So one of the girls look, looks at me and she says, oh, they're not afraid of Corona. They're some lazy. <laughs> and that's what she said about the professors. Okay, so Corona is a real concern. But I think people today are stop lazy. <laughs> and I think the balance between why do we stay 20 years with Haran, or how do we balance between what's important for us, is the challenge of are we stop lazy, or we have real reasons that sometimes real concerns are in our life. 
And if I have to answer the question, what changed in the past 11 years, I won't use the term lazy, okay? That's what she said about her professors. But I think people are less, they don't want to work so hard. They're lazy. <laughs> they are saying they want to invest. It's much harder to take them out of their comfort zone. They don't want to be told what to do. If I say one sentence and then I can continue on later. I think that in Israel today, I think more than in America, yes, Musak Khadash, it's called the spectrum. You can be on the spectrum. You can choose what you want to do. Now, when you can be on the spectrum, there's less right and wrong, which means everything that I do is fine. I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. And people want to be comfortable. They don't want to be as challenged as much as they, as much as they wanted 50 years ago. Even, but that's why you came into Chinuch, because you saw this. So we have to go 15 years ago. I think that the question of being comfortable, which is probably connected to being lazy, I feel it today in many more ways. And I think that Tfisat Olam, of being modern orthodox, of being involved, on the stationery of the Gush Katuf, involved in Torah, engaged in the world, in verse, the Torah engaged in the world, um, which is which is wonderful. Bemet, wonderful. When you see it, but pureness should it succeed. I'm completely identified with it, and I'm devoting my life to do that. But when I look around, I know that it's hard work. In order to be immersed with Torah and engaged in the world. You all the time have to be, you have to work hard. You have to be willing to, and even much more than that, now what changed in the past 15 years, I think that talking about when Yaakov forgets his nedir, so I think, first of all, there's more attractions in the world today than used to be 15 years ago. Things that not 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 always good ones. It's much more. I try to avoid this. But only it's much more social media. There's much more cell phones around us, and people are involved in. There's many more things that are probably excuses for why we forget things. But we feel that we are more. A lot more is happening around us that we have to all the time. So, chelak mi says the junk, the chol. Lavdil ben chol lechol the bots. נכון? יש קודש ויש חול. יש חול that can enrich the קודש beautifully. And that's the good חול that we want to be engaged in the world. ויש חול שהוא בוץ. And when we send everybody 50 years ago, when the גוש was founded, לשלב בין קודש לחול, the חול was less חול. And the ability to work hard all the time to... Lavdil ben Kodesh Lechol was people were more, more, I think, willing to work hard. And I think that if we want to be immersed in Torah and in, in, in immersed in Torah and engaged in the world, we have to be, the world has changed around us. And I think we have to be much more 
active in what, what we're getting out of the world, what are the prices that we're paying, and all the time being willing to work hard. Now, that the chol became more chol, and people became more lazy, the challenge to be sure that I'll say one last thing because you're not looking at the watch but I which means that we're completely bad people being engaged in the world and this wonderful hole that we can build ourselves with but Shabbos is the center of the week and you can be engaged in the world if you really know the balance between Kodesh and Chol. And if willing to say, Yesh Chol that can enrich the Kodesh, Yesh Chol is done, okay, a waste of time. A lot of waste of time. And I think that Chol became more in the past, in the past 15 years. And she told you tell Chol that it's a waste of time. Yesh Chol Shu Bots. Bots, Bots, the mud. אבל פשוט בעברית זה הולך יותר יפה. כזמן ומחול. אז יש חול that we have to say no, this is not. And if 15 years ago, this is, I'm finishing, 15 years ago I thought that the best thing I can give my students is complete, complete self-confidence that everything they will do, they will be Terrific, terrific. They'll go to Colombia, they'll go to Princeton, they'll go here, they'll go there, they'll go to the army, they'll go, they'll go, they'll go. They'll be wonderful. Now, I believe in that. The same way I hope I try to have self-confidence when I let my kids drive, or when I drive myself. But even though when I let my kids drive, or I drive myself, I also say to myself, you have to be awake, you have to be... Alert, don't use the cell phone, be careful. And today, more than 50, or be active. More than 50 years ago, I don't only say, oh, you're wonderful, you're terrific. I say, you're wonderful, you're terrific, be active. I don't like the word be careful, but be careful. Make your choices. You have to be active. If you want to be immersed into and engaged in the world, you have to be all the time active, 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 active. Now, if people are more lazy, so how can they be more active? So we have to be more active and not lazy. Zebegadol, one of the change in the past 15 years. So what's the answer? <laughs> why, don't, why don't we give Ramosha a chance? <laughs> Try to use a lot of words that you don't mean, like lazy. And then we'll come to some conclusions, hopefully. Erev first of all, I, I, I feel like a broken record, but once in a while I just got to say how wonderful it was to have such an evening. It was a wonderful Shabbat, and my feeling is like all this pent up energy and frustration I'm able to meet. It's like it's a volcano that erupted with all the, with all the power, this pent up energy. Uh, was amazing over, over, over Shabbat. I'm sure by the, by the girls as well. I wasn't I wasn't there, but uh, I can imagine just. It's, I really, full disclosure, I did not believe you had such a crowd tonight, and uh, I, I said to myself now. Yoel didn't believe either. It's because uh, the real desire to get together, and it's 
it's been a wonderful, it's been a wonderful, I, I, I hate to use the word weekend, but it's been, it's, it's been a wonderful Shabbat, in Motzei Shabbat, or Shabbat I should say, uh, and it's, it's really been a wonderful, uh, one, wonderful uh, Shabbat. Um, to get to, to the, now, if you have a difficult task, you must stay in touch with both of us, think about me, and, uh, right? We have to get along as brother and sister uh, after this panel, so... Uh, <laughs> yourself. Uh, and of course, every time I mention my father, I have to give a, a conflicting story. So I'll just mention the father. My father, this is a true story. He once came with a, with a public opinion survey. And, someone, and this, this was what was done by knocking on doors. They knocked on the door. He came to ask me to ask Siram. And he had a questionnaire about politics. And of course, he agreed to, uh, to respond. So the question, one of the questions was, are you for or against Hatsarat Shtachim? Are you for, you know, for against giving back to Yudav Shamron? So father says to him, depends what the conditions are, depends on what the William. I says, no, no, you have to answer yes or no. So he continues to say, no, it depends. After five minutes, he answers, and then he fills out the questionnaire when the guy leaves the house, when he's about to the door, father says to him, I gotta tell you one thing. This was so superficial. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I'll try to, uh, my answer, my one word is depends. Uh, no, no, seriously, I'm looking at Picoris uh, about uh, the premise of, of the question in a sense. <clears throat> now, what's more full disclosure, Esther spoke to me and asked me to give a title. I chose the title based upon her uh, input. Uh, but nevertheless, I, I like to deny the premise of the title. <laughs> The title assumes, uh, the title assumes that contemporary challenges, uh, the real issue is contemporary. I really believe that issues of chinuch, in essence, like most deep relationships and most deep issues of human life, in essence, are min ha'olam, they are They're from time immemorial. Since the reason we say for Breshit, and we can appreciate Yaakov and Esav, and Avraham and Yitzchak and the lie, because at the core, the basic issues confronting humanity are one of the same, Lahavdil. Same reason you can read Shakespeare, Sophocles, they lived hundreds and thousands of years before you, and because the basic conflicts of human nature, loyalty to your family, loyalty to your country, um, how do you, uh, parent-child relationships, uh, love triangles, all these things, the, the, the externals change, but at root, they're one of the same. I took a course in history with my uncle, Professor Chaim Soloveitchik. Uh, we read one of the earliest tshuvas written in Ashkenaz, 11th century tshuva, and the tshuva talks there about, about a person whose his neighbor's uh, maid uh, was busy abusing. The, when neighbor one says, Otik Tabemakel, and neighbor two says, Otik Karakarnan, etc., etc. With all, all the neighbors complained that the Sumer is busy abusing everybody, and, and, and the guy who the Jew was against, he admits to it. He just claims, what can I do? There's nobody else to hire. Um, and Chaim then said, um, could help is always hard to find. Uh, and the point is that the same social dynamics of the 20th century apply to the 11th century. And, and, and that, I, I think, it's proof of as well, at its core, Basic problem is you want to come to a person and you want to basically form, like you really want to forge their, their, their educational identity. You want to take them like clay. I 
I'm, I'm not talking Hino quite exactly, but I'm going to take them like clay and try to impose and print the form upon them. You want to print upon them your values. And now this is true of children, not only about, and then my premise is that everyone here is an educator, Bezat Hashem, or will be Bezat Hashem, because you educate first and foremost at home before you become an educator professionally. And you have to, and, and the, these dilemmas are, uh, are always there because uh, you want, basically you, you come to a person and you instill in him and you want to instill in them values. Now, at an early age, it's relatively simple, but then at some, you, know, you begin at some point to try to impose your values, your personality, and it's not always easy. It's not easy, sometimes you, your demands are more than they're willing to give. And the Chama Levin used, my father used to quote this quote from the, from the Chama, he used to say, Limot Torah is a kif. It's fun learning Torah, it's more fun playing ball. And, um, that, and if that's one element of this, the other more deeper element is that um, you try to put your identity and your values upon somebody else. You know, as your child, but adolescents, children want to be want to differentiate. Uh, Rabbi Tal, this wonderful uh, saying that they come to a Jew and they say to him, "How can we do everything the reverse of your father? Everything your father did, you did the opposite." I says, "The opposite? I do everything exactly like my father did. My father did the ex- everything the reverse of his father, so I do everything the reverse of my father." And that, in a, that, in a nutshell, is the issue that this inherent tension between educated and educated. And this, and this tension doesn't really change. And the same tension about laziness or, uh, or exertion or, and, 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 and so on and so forth, I think they always exist. They change form, they take on new forms, but I think at the root issue, uh, they really don't change that much. So therefore, yes, the, the challenges have you have to adapt the challenge, you have to adapt the medium, you have to adapt the tools, but um, I don't I don't see my job as even more inherently difficult at the moment. I think I have to do I think aware of the different tools and, and the like, but uh, and through I think the real challenges are always there and will always be there. And uh, and therefore I don't think my I don't I don't really my mind should be really known. It's no, it's not, it hasn't really, uh, you know, the, the basic challenge remains. Uh, I think a wise educator will be able to adapt because it's through it's, it's the external circumstances. Uh, now, nevertheless, try to uh, address some of the more, I don't see this from 15 years ago. If I talk about differences, I have to go back and uh, I'm reaching the age where somebody, this, I, I said myself this morning, the Shabbaton, and we ate lunch, I said, oh my God, I'm the oldest person in the room. Uh, and it's happened more than once recently. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, I do have to go back a little more than, than 11 or 15 years ago. Uh, one issue, uh, and I don't really think it's technology, I think that the main issue that has to identify is entitlement. And that's, that's a real problem. And since Esti mentioned this, I'm uh, again. I mean, since Esti mentioned this before, I want to, that is a real, real uh, problem. Educating in a society in which people are relatively well off, educating in an affluent society where people have a strong sense of entitlement, 
It's a problem. Rabbi Uzi Fielder, the Mashkech, the Yeshiva, once told me a wonderful word. He said to me, once upon a time, the Pasuk says like this, B'nei Nuzeh Sorer Umoreh, Einenu Shomeh Bekolein. That's how the Pasuk used to be read once upon a time. Nowadays, you change the punctuation. B'nei Nuzeh Sorer, comma, Umoreh, Einenu Shomeh Bekolein. You call the school, and we have the teacher, the teacher, you know, uh, supposed to change. The sense of entitlement is uh, it's very difficult because chinuch assumes one thing. The students have to improve. I'm lacking something. Some kids come hungry, they come ready and willing to receive. But if a kid feels that you know, everything he needs he's always gotten, and no he's entitled uh, in terms of his comfort. But he's always been told how great he is, how wonderful he is, and, and the like. And we have a problem with school, so the system, or to put it differently, I, I think in the past, you were challenged to, if school set a certain standard, it was more obvious that you were challenged to raise yourself to that standard. And nowadays, I think you understand, look at Gemara in high schools, it doesn't matter here in Israel, right? There's a problem with teaching Gemara. So what's the solution? Simply to lower the number of, of black you have to learn. It's, it's, it's constantly going lower and lower. The Bagrut in Israel now is a fraction of what it was in my time. Why is this so? Because kids are troubled. So rather than thinking ways to allow the kids to go further up, this was what they said. You just lower the bar and then everyone passes. My daughter comes up to school. I said, how much you get in your math test? 108. I said, that's against math, right? <laughs> challenge and engage themselves. Uh, I, I think that the second point is, it's a, it's a little paradox. One major change that I've seen in the Shiva in the last like, 30, 40 years, the parent body has become more homogeneous. You much more heterogeneous. And uh, it's, become, it's become more homogeneous with kids who, with parents, not all of course, but a, a good deal, certainly Israeli parents, have a much better you know, background than the past. Past, they, they, were, they were, they were. My Chavrusa uh, had a father studied at Tzchayim, and uh, he quizzed us on the Balamar and the Sugi of Tagri Lud, if it means anything to somebody here. Uh, he, like, he pulled out 50 years before, he pulled out a question of Tagri Lud. But, uh, but broadly speaking, he came from major backgrounds, from many survivors. Now, this, paradoxically, when you live in a society which is much less homogeneous, much less from, if you live in Valentinic, if you live in, 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 in a community which you're much less from people, so you have, you have a group, the identity is a group identity of, uh, it was you and your children have a group identity, uh, like Chabadnikim in, 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 in Thailand. When you have a group identity, it's us versus them, and then the child very deeply identifies with you. When everyone is in the same place, the child to feel his identity and, and his autonomy has to be, at times he has to differentiate himself from you and, and the neighbors. When the neighbors are all secular or goyim, and we have culture, nobody else eats culture, and therefore we know that we can't go to so-and-so's house and eat over there, that creates a paradox, that creates identity. But at the moment, you need any place, 
So your identity has to be, and then there is a desire for autonomy, you have to seek it otherwise. So I, I tend to think that this, and when he opens up very opportunities, it also creates challenges. And the final point I'll mention here. I don't shoot as the same problem. Exactly. Like Phoenix. You know, this is, uh, someone said Phoenix is a lunch with America. Don't get insulted. But uh, in, um, in the, I think the final point is that what's more, 40, 50 years ago, it was a more of a sense of tradition continuity. Meaning, uh, this, the, the Shivaot, and here there is a difference between male and female education. You should not go back 150 years, right? 200 years. The Velazhi was established in 1803. You should not go back like 200 years, and um, there was a sense of continuity. Marriage Yeshiva in high school, he studied in Mir, and then he was a Chalutz in Kvarue, and then he fought in, the, in World War II in, in the Jewish Brigade, and then he became a, a, a Rosh Yeshiva Mishvati Chonit. He consciously adopted the persona of a Litvish Rosh Yeshiva. He used to dress with a Litvish Akipa, with, uh, with a suit. He looked just like Rosh Hashim Mir. And he, he constantly projected continuity to the pants. He was told us, seriously, you know why we sing who, 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 because that was the Nikon and Mir. And uh, he did everything to that, the mannerisms and, and the like. But there was a sense when, when he would give a, he would give a share and tell a story, he would call the Marcheshes. He wrote a safer in early 20th century Vilna. He would say, Oh, the Marcheshes, I ate lunch in his house once. <laughs> it was, there was a constant attempt to create continuity. And I think that it's continuity of the whole world and of, and of tradition. I think that's missing now because Tzilutatit. Tzilutati no longer has the sense of tradition uh, in a code, at least Rav Neri, a of Bina. And uh, Tzilutati basically cut itself loose from, uh, from the moorings of, uh, of the Lutheran Yeshiva. That's also another, another challenge. What I don't think is such a challenge is technology. I think technology, I saw someone the other day looking at Svan Chazrasa Shatz. If he didn't have a phone, would he pay more attention? No, he'd be daydreaming. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be looking at something else, and he'd, be, he'd be staring at the walls. I don't think, I think technology per se, it gives more opportunities. I don't think technology per se is a great game changer. And listen, there's pornography. <laughs> there was pornography before. If it's not the internet, it was a playboy. It doesn't matter. I, I remember people about my mind. These problems in Yeshiva well before technology, before the internet. I think also technology opens huge opportunities. You know, once upon a time, a kid in my class can tell me now this phrase doesn't appear in shots. Where I can begin to fumble for a quote, and within once upon a time, I've never, within three seconds, uh, I you know, someone says to me, "Oh, it's you know, it's Gemara Nida Dafa Naftedvav," or it's a pasuk in Mishlei. I know. I think technology creates the opportunities. At the end of the day, I don't think kids are serious. I don't think technology has diverted them. Uh, of course, I agree that we see a particular segment of the population, and maybe in other institutions it's different. And short time it's not, I don't feel technology has, been a major ch- has made a major change. All right, the problem when you're a moderator is you can't say wrong. <laughs> so now I'm moderating, you can talk. <laughs> I, I think in Irish, it's made a huge change. I really do. That's I, I, because you don't watch it. No, you don't look at your cell phone 
in dem Fall, ihr Telefon ist wirklich nicht ein Big Brother in der Gesellschaft. Aber ihr Telo, wie ich immer gesagt habe, ihr Telefon, looking in a Telefon, it's not like looking at the walls. The walls have nothing. And it's just dreaming, it's not constant, but the Sumera, or the Sumera, it's active. The cell phone is innocent, that you don't understand the things that the cell phone has to attract tons of things. People are constantly looking at the cell phone. They don't even, they don't have an option to concentrate on Chazar Tashatsky. לכן, I think, it's not the same, it's not, you can't say the sentence, you can't say, looking at the cell phone, if he wasn't looking at the cell phone, he would be looking at the wall. I don't want to be too insulted, though, it's not a question of innocence or not, it's a question, I mean, it's very easy to say, it's very PC to say that technology is the main problem. I don't think it's the main problem. I think we, I think we, we have to look below the surface. It's not, at the end of the day, tefillah in the yeshiva nowadays, it doesn't have less kavran than 30 years ago. It's the same tefillah. Forget, forget about what the cell phone has. Just ask them, at the end of the day, people come to davening, are they davening, is the davening worse or better? Specifically, davening is better now than it was 30 years ago. And so it doesn't matter really whether they have the phone or not. At the end of the day, I think it's very easy to say, technology, it's very good to blame technology and everything. I don't think technology really has caused the problems. I'll say like this, people who want to learn, will learn with technology. People who don't, didn't learn in the past either. V'day l'chakim. I think it's pretty clear that I've lost control. Okay, let's try to come back to... Let's see your turn. You don't want to hear my take. I'm on hard team. What I, first of all, we have guys in our yeshiva who are simply addicted to their phones. Addicted, right? This never existed before. This isn't a question of Khazar Sashat. This is a question of simply not being able to live without their phone being within reach of them. It's not healthy. And it undermines you know, most of the things that we want to achieve. You're a thousand percent right. The access to information is beyond anything we ever had before. I don't think it's worth it. I think the price we're paying to have access to that information is simply not worth it. But the world we live in has that. And so why don't we just change the topic completely? And no, seriously, and discuss what are we doing in our yeshiva and what's going on in Migdalos with respect to technology for five minutes. We've never banned it from our baby drush because we think that our guys can handle it. Have you ever thought of banning it? Banning it? Banning it? Banning it? Banning it? Banning it? Banning rules and limits, that we can concentrate. And I say like this, we can talk very seriously and very in depth about what the cell phone does to us. 
The main thing it does to us is that we cannot concentrate on one thing at the self because we're always trying to be in 10 different places. And sometimes someone says to me, but if I won't bring myself onto the package, I won't even come. But she's sitting there. I think she's Be'er of Nigunim, that she's really singing, but she's all the time checking. And the same time that she's here, she's not here. The kid is an illusion that she's here, that she's not here. Now we are very, I can't say strict, because I don't uh, copy, I, I don't force it, I don't check it. But it's very clear in the Knisana Bet Midrash, he has a big kaveret, uh, you're supposed to put your cell phone there. Now, I don't like to be very pathetic, so I don't raise it again and again and again, but the year started, don't bring this to the Bet Midrash. Now, what do I gain? Then it can't be on the table. Even if it's under the table, they know that it's not supposed to be in there, it doesn't ring, they can't get phone calls, they don't usually, they're not hermetically, I'm not stupid, I know that some of them may say, we have the translation, we need the Google translation, we need this, but it's very clear that we are, really think that this is a big attraction for learning Torah, and it should not be in the base English. Now, do they do it, don't they do it? But it's very clear, and also in other things, you know, I say, put your phone aside for an hour and a half. Yes, I do. So we can't do that because we want our guys in the Beit Midrash for 14 hours a day. And it's hard that way. But I'll say this, and if I get fired, I get fired. <laughs> Last night at dinner, I felt my pants, vibe, my, my pocket vibrating because my phone was ringing. Now, I didn't have a phone. I'm sure Rashabas. <laughs> but it's pretty embarrassing when that happens. Right? You just your instinct is something's going on. I can feel it happening. You know, again, I'm sure it doesn't happen to you. It happens to me. And it's not a good thing for me, and it's not a good thing for our tummy. So the solutions we don't have to talk about now, but I, I think it's I just I disagree with the premise that it's not a huge obstacle that we face now. Having said that, we go on? Or just in place. I like to know me that oh, so you want to tell me don't. The ramming able to uh, survive on a telephone. If my kids call me, call me from the Beit Midrash. But Gam Rami don't sit with it on Kalcha. And when you met, sometimes the Rami has families. And they have other jobs, and and Rami and students are not expected expected the to be in the same place. Therefore, you could say one thing to your students and another thing to your Rami, but we're working on it. At least it's on the table. And the first moment they come to the Beit Midrash, it's on the table that they have to cope with this versus the Rit Kadmut by Vodat Hashem. Okay, I'll just, uh, I'll just I'll just tell the facts. We had a discussion a few years ago. We periodically make discussions with Talmudim, uh, uh, mostly on Taniyot. And then you know, we discussed various topics. A few years ago, we had a discussion about, uh, about cell phones in the Beit Midrash. It was like it was a, like a 10.30 to, uh, to midnight uh, discussion. And um, we let the Talmudim do the talking. Some of them were against, some of them were for. I, I thought it was very productive. It was a very productive discussion. The question was also, in, if I remember, internet access in the Benidrash, um, and uh, it, it was a very productive, I thought it was a mature discussion, uh, and at the end of the day, the 
majority were interested, and um, it's true that they, we have phones, and I think also, at the end of the day, I, I think you know, technology, something like this, trying to repress it, it's gonna, you press down here, it pops up there, you press down there, it pops up here. We actually utilize this all the time. I've done it myself, I think it's true of all the other around me, or the vast majority of them. I have a WhatsApp group. It's made my life, not my life, it's made the, it's the learning considerably during Seder. Because, first of all, I sent a source sheet, I update it in real time. And I remind myself, and I'm for sure about a, about a truly Vash I forgot. I update it. Every, I, my phone's not here because I am Shalom Shabbos. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, show, I show my phone, every source, which is not, which is not the beaten path, every source slightly off the beaten path, you go post it, and immediately it'll be, someone put it up, and, uh, and so on and so forth, and uh, it's, it's become quite a serious tool, but that's not what I really want to say, right? I really want to say something very simple. Let's assume both of you are right. Let's assume I'm wrong, and, and you're both right. I still believe that technology, even if it's an issue, and even if it's a big detriment, it's not the real issue. The real issue, I said before, the real issue is autonomy, the friction between trying to imprint your stand upon, uh, upon a student and his attempts to, to resist it, has to do with competition, has to do with entitlement, has to do with, with, with educating an affluent society and the like. I think technology is not the top of the list, it's, it's much further down the list and uh, the challenges of education, contemporary or not, I really don't see the, I think, by the way, if you talk about the 1950s or the 1900s, they were challenged by ideological challenges, which were much more, which were much worse. I think nowadays, even nowadays, the problem is really students to come to, to Haritzion or to any other Sili Shiva, it's not the telephone, it's rather questions of new Hasidut, it's questions of going to the army, you know, putting, putting nationalism ahead of, ahead of Torah, those are the real challenges which make kids accomplish uh, or not come to leave or not to leave. These are the real issues, whether with the value system, with the place to the value system as opposed to other religious values, or what they have religious values, and how technology fits in that it's a tool. It's, it's really a means, and I really think the, the other issues are much more important. Okay, so let's move on. Um, what I want to do now is ask you the same question I asked at the beginning, but if you wouldn't mind relating to Israelis and B'nai Chosvaris. So the challenges are the challenges that we discussed, uh, laziness, the world is worse, entitlement, tradition. Do you see any difference, and we'll start with you, do you see any difference between Israelis who come to Yeshiva and B'nai Chosvaris who come to Yeshiva uh, on those, in terms of those challenges? Start with here and I'll think. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> I don't think that's the most important question. <laughs> Sorry. So let's say it's not the most <laughs> No, Kilo. Would you consider answering it anyway? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can consider, but I also have to think, um, before I answer that, my, I just want to, that's the support. You want to answer? 
Okay, no, I just want to relate the two things that Rav Moshe said and then support two things that he said and then I'll answer your question, okay? My daughter's graduation, Zaya Israel. Now ask us if this could happen in America. My daughter's graduation, the love of the school, okay, got up and he said, you know, you know the feeling, I'm quoting, that you, you packed for Shabbos, you took everything, and then you're standing next to the door and you think to yourself, we probably forgot something, we forgot something, I forgot something, what do we forget? So after four years in our school, you're standing at the door, we probably forgot something. And I know what we forgot. And I want to give you, and he said, you have a big suitcase with tons of stuff that you learned there for four years. Do you have room for two, two more words? And young, okay. And then he like, very buffet pedagogy, you know, he like worked up all of the parents and everybody sitting around and thinking to himself, what are the two words that he's gonna say in the graduation that they should forget? Then what do you think he said? Okay. What? Thank you. Now, one of the girls shouted out, Toda Raba, and he said, that's very nice. But he said, he said, At Tova. Okay, you're good. So now everybody repeat this together, together with me. You are good. Don't forget how good you are. Now my mother nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> my, my daughter came. We did, the parents were sitting separate from the daughters. And my mother says to her, Now, better not come over. I have to give you two different words. I hope you didn't listen. Is it my mother said, oh, they didn't ruin you. So the two words my mother said, I would say, at Yudia, at Ovedet Hashem, at Yudia Ma'amina. That we always want to over protect, over, and we demand much less than we used to demand years ago. And and, and when I spoke about this with students, because I was also shocked about the, the day after Terminados, and I told the students, they said, but we really need more support. We have so, so much anxieties and so much this, and it's very hard to be in our, in our uh, 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 you don't understand, you have self-confidence, but we don't, but even though, I think it's over, 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 and I'll say one other thing, Last thing, and then I'll answer you out there in the five minutes you gave me. <laughs> and I think as parents, it, I think... Of the fear of relativity. Time is very relative. I know. <laughs> the Moshe uh, feared to that too. I think as parents, we demand less than we used to do. And I think well, some of us are playing defense and not challenging. And we're going to wake them up Shabbos morning. Oh, they'll be so anti, so diverse. We shouldn't make them upset. They shouldn't be fair. They shouldn't get upset. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be out of the comfort zone. We're very, I think our parents were much more playing attack. They had much more strong things that they, that they demanded for us. And I think our generation is much more, don't get the kids upset because the power transferred to the kids and the kids will, me or dad, they'll get too upset, they're not gonna 
Not even they're not going to wake up now for davening. They're not going to wake up in ten years. They're not going to go to want to go to shul. They're not there ma'ikre. And I think that has changed a lot. Are the differences between Israel and America? For sure, but I don't think they changed in the past. I can say what I see changed in America. I can say what I think changed in Israel. But I think they changed in the same percentage of changes. Like, I do think that in America, what have changed in the past 15 years, <clears throat> no one listening, don't quote me, but girls or less don't want to be so challenged that they used to want to be 15 years ago. That's connected to what I said before, going, leaving their comfort zone. I think girls used to be spark in the eye from being challenged and stretch themselves. And, and, and I think today it's harder to, to get girls to be, wow, just spark in the eye from the challenge. And that's connected to everything we said before. That I, that's a big concern that I see today in America. I think that Israel is more on the spectrum. Like, the spectrum is a little And I think America is more either going to the right or going to the left. The spectrum less exists in America. That's something that I do see. And in Israel, you can be very comfortable being here or there or there. You don't really have to make up your mind. And I think that America, as I see at least, is more if you're not sure where you want to be, you have to take a side more than uh, more than in Israel. Um, and the difference is that we're always there, that Americans is much more driven intellectually, the more serious students than the Israelis. Um, it's a big, big compliment. Now, once, or two story, and that will be the, then you might five minutes. Once an Israeli student sat in class and she was like, didn't understand the Kabbalah, and she didn't understand this, and she did that. And then she looked around and she said, Ani chashavti shani mo'od intellectualit. At shabakti lepo veparashti et ha-Amerikanit. Okay, I thought it was very intellectual until I came here and I met the American students. And then the American looked at her and she said, I thought I was very spiritual until I came here and I met the Israelis. So I think there are differences. I definitely think America is becoming a bit more, less intellectual, a bit more spiritual. But there are differences between Americans and Israelis. But I see differences in each society alone, and I don't see big differences. And I think the laziness, wanting to be comfortable, the cell phone are the same challenges in Israel and in America. I don't think the big differences. Israeli Israelis also are very spoiled. And they want comfortable life. They're not different. Okay, I'll just second these sentiments. In, um, there's, certainly, there's certainly differences in various areas between American and Israeli Talmudim. Of course, in Aishiva, which is different from Ingalls in that regard, Israelis also are different ages. We have not only, not only 18, 19 year olds, but also we have Israelis who are much older, and that obviously, because of the age, there are differences in terms of, uh, of, of their needs and, and their expectations and, and maturity. So and there, are many, there are many other differences between America and Israel. About, about issues we discussed here, mentioned here before, I don't think there are major differences. You know, maybe in degree, but not... Uh, at the end of the day, Israel also is becoming... Much, 
the gas in Israel and America, like the world that, I, that we carried out to 50 years ago, in which America and Israel were like oceans apart, that, to a large degree, that's, uh, that's changed very much because Israeli society has changed, because of Aliyah, because of communications and technology, uh, all these things. Uh, at the end of the day, many, many things resemble, Americans resemble each other much more. I was here on a visit maybe 25 years ago already, I spent the Shabbos by a Bulgare, who was very guilty that he didn't go to Aliyah. He said to me, no, you, you can go to bed in the five towns and wake up in Ranana and you would know the difference. So I waited all of Shabbos, uh, and what the Shabbos, this was in the 1990s when the Intifada was, uh, what's the Shabbos, I waited to hear the news, I waited at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., 11 p.m., I said to him, you know this thing in Ranana in the five towns? In Ranana, you turn the radio as soon as Shabbos is over. Uh, or to be more serious, Ranana, you can live however you live. You can live just like in the five towns, only at 18 you can go to the army and he knows at the age of five already. So uh, obviously there are differences, but, but nevertheless, uh, I don't believe that what we discussed here, I said before, I think that there are basic tensions uh, inherent in life. I don't see major differences, but uh, I'm not, maybe I'm mistaken. Okay, so why don't we open it up to the, to the crowd? If somebody wants to raise their hand and ask a question, and y'all or someone can bring them a mic. Y'all? Uh, so I have a question in terms of uh, teaching Hashkafa. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, this, this exists in America a lot, like the flip out, uh, a lot of people flip out, and I, I'm not sure if that stems from uh, initial education, uh, because people don't receive any Hashkafa teaching in, 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 in day school in America. They just, you know, just kind of, you do what your family does, and then when they get to Israel, they see rabbis who a lot more to the right, and they experience a much more spiritual uh, uh, kind of Judaism, and that's much more intriguing to them. I was wondering if there's any uh, kind of approach to, uh, to that. Can I answer that quickly? Yes. Me? Yes. Being from a different family? Um, <laughs> I wish we had more guys flip out in our yeshiva, first of all. The second thing is the reason why we don't have it in our yeshiva is because the guys who show up in our yeshiva are more or less successful already. I have a friend who told me this, he teaches in another program. He said, I would switch jobs with you in a second. He said, but what I have are guys who come who are unsuccessful religiously, socially, and academically in high school. And when they show up, the, the compact I have with them is, fix me. We don't have that in our yeshiva. Our guys don't need to be fixed. They need to be improved. But they don't need to be fixed. People who flip out, you know, it's probably good for them. And us sitting on the side saying, oh, you know, we look down on them. If you're unhappy with your life, flip out. If you're happy with your life, improve. <laughs> All right, see, you can answer a question quickly. <laughs> self-development and learning how to make the decisions between Tov and Ra. 
but um, at a certain point, I've realized that um, that that it does become important to consider and worry about larger scale trends, um, and to actively think about how to respond to them. And my my perspective on the current state of the Jewish people as a whole is that there are many different groups um, with different ideas about what the Misora consists of and what it's what the mandate on us is. But I felt um, that at least I'm ill, I'm, in, I'm not able to have any. I don't have the apparatus, the constant, a sufficiently developed system of being able to integrate all, integrate together all the different perspectives of all the different groups of Jews. And I feel like this is a. I feel like um, this is a this is a problem on a larger scale because it means that this this kind of separation in the way people think will just continue to fracture and fracture. What do you uh, what do you think? How can an education equip the students of of you know future generations to go go towards a unification rather than continued fracturing the question was quite general I can only answer generally also Listen, not every perspective be compatible. At the end of the day, certain, certain perspectives you can somehow take a little from each and, uh, and create some kind of you know, common ground. Some things are too far apart that, that you can't create common ground. And um, therefore, some of these, uh, I think, some of these approaches which are within a certain distance of each other will be able to have, let them exist side by side under some kind of unified. Uh, you know, something that you know, we'll say, Elu for Elu, we respect each other and continue to go together. Some opinions may just be too too far apart, and then uh, indeed, then not every not every ideology, every group can go together. I, I just like this. No, one of my tell stories was about the Jabba, meaning Mitzal um, said, you know, I. Um, I took the mountaintop, a chapel, with a, a beer mountaintop. I erected a building. I present my hashkaf over here. You have a different hashkaf. We distribute. You let the share there. Many mountaintops go to grab another mountaintop and, uh, and sell your wares over there. And uh, it's like I think as, a, as an educator, you can only sell your truth. If I would try to sell somebody else's truth, if I would tomorrow morning try to sell satmer, for instance, I'll counterfeit. My, my father spoke about educational styles. Rufutner was very, he was a big taki, he was malchus. I said, no, I don't disagree with him educationally. I would be, be counterfeit if I tried to do it because I, I make a mockery of myself. I just don't, I don't have a personality. So I think, you know, as educators, we have to present our truth and the broader perspective. I mean, so I will try to integrate various perspectives 
In the educational institution, you sell your truth. Then the community, the community at large tries to uh, merge them. I believe the community at large can merge up to a certain variety. Beyond a certain variety, it's not clear the community can always uh, merge. Uh, uh, a pinch may be diametrically opposed to each other. Time will tell them. You reminded me of a very cute story. One day we were in Shear, and Boshua was mentioning how distinction through a footner, it wasn't the same. Shiva presented an image of humility. He refused to allow himself to be served. He always tried to help him and carry his luggage and drive him and take him home from the weddings and would never sit in the front seat. You and I separated him and his wife. And with such a desire to give him a shamish. And part of it is that Shiva wanted to carry his fur. And what he remembers was big boxes of fur that he found with. Not even these boxes disappeared. It's like very few people. He had these huge boxes of rambam and shas and he carried them under each arm. And limber up the stairs, and one day after Shear, there was a tug of war. We were trying to grab the Svar with him to bring the back to Shear, and he refused to let us, and backing and forth, and at some point, we said, Rebbe, don't you realize that? It wasn't myself, one of the things we said, Rebbe, don't you realize you're depriving us of the mitzvah of Shema Shomene Chachamim? And he looked at us and he said, I know, but I can't. We face a world where there's a lot of political division, and um, there's specifically when it comes to the ideology that our students are, are going into, when it comes to some of the polarization around issues on the right and the left, how is it that we're able to send our students out into this world, which is different than the world of, say, 20, 30 years ago, on so many levels? And um, specifically when it comes to an ideology like that, that we have in Yeshiva Haaretzion, which seeks to integrate, when we have to ask ourselves the question, to what are we integrating? What is that outside world that we're sending our children into? Is the solutions of the past really relevant? And what might some of the new solutions or new approaches be when we have a world which is so different that we're going into? I understand the question. I think that we have to all the time we evaluate. There's one I think we really have to check. Since I really feel that sometimes we are the bottom line of the of trying to be engaged and involved is really we always have to check the bottom line and we succeed. That's why I agree with Aveli that I'm not afraid of the word of the word flipping out. It depends what that means. Being become, be, becoming more firm, becoming more alachic, taking a serious life, a religious life more seriously. So I really think since, since the world outside of us has changed, we have to all the time be in Yadaratufik, make sure what are we gaining by sending out ourselves, our children, our, our students. To be engaged in the world, what is the world offering? And I think that I agree that it's not. Sometimes I look around and I say to myself, we are continuing something that we really believe in. I'm continuing because I really believe in it. But I have to all the time make sure that, that's what I said before, I think some, the only way we can continue on engaging in the world is if we say to ourselves, there are places that we're going to go to and places that we're not going to go to. There are colleges or campuses that are 
encourage students to go to the colleges and campuses that I'll say, no, that's not a good idea to go with you. And there's units in the army that our students go to because it's a good idea. And things have changed in the past 30 years in, in Israel. Girls going into the army. But it's not that because things have changed. I'll say, okay, everything has changed. You always time have to reevaluate. What are we gaining and what are we going to lose? If we're going to go to the right, what are we losing by not moving from our modern orthodox or engaging? I don't like the word modern orthodox. So I think being immersed and engaged are better. But after, how, do we have enough strength to be engaged in the world? And I think the answer is that we have to check more what is the world. Some places and some things we have to say no to. And I think we have to be much more active and immersing in Torah. I think maybe the question is, maybe that's the difference between Israel and America. How, how long do we have to, how many years do we have to learn in order to go out to the world? You learn for one year, you have to learn for two years, you have to learn for three years. It's a question for the boys, it's a question for the girls too. I have 38 students, Bishana Bet Israelis, and one American student. And the Israelis that stay for Shana Bet also went to two years of national service. So I think that's a question. How much do we want to devote time and effort to immerse in Torah that we can then go to be emerged in the world? And I agree, the world has changed. So we have to check the world more, and we have to be more immersed in Torah and make sure that we have the, ba the right balance between Torah. I'll just say quickly, I think it's the thing that God will not the Hefza. We don't ask them, we don't give them a road map. This situation, you act this way. In society A, this is how you act, and B, that. No, we do something different. We, we give people tools how to view the world. We try to give them a dialectical approach to life. And with this dialectical approach to life, we, we give them spectacles to view the world. Now, I have no idea what to see outside the spectacles. You know, and the, the scenery may change, and maybe shifting scenes. But what I'm trying to do is give them a spe spectacles to which to view the world, and then address those. I have confidence that they'll be able to address this situation. I have no idea it will be 20 years from now, or 20 months from now, or 20 days from now, politically, or, or in terms of the cultural and society. But I'm not trying to teach them how to adapt to situation A, situation B, situation C. I'm trying to teach them how to approach life in general. We send kids to the army, we don't tell them, this is how you behave in Sarkhanim, this is how you behave in Golani, this is how you behave in Givati. We send them, you know, the, Really, we give you two weeks of preparation, but the real preparation was 18 years in the making. And I think if, it, if it's in the Gavin, not the Chav, so we, we then have trust they're able to navigate the world, whatever the world will throw at them. And, uh, and even when uh, everything Esti mentioned, I, I think I want to trust them to be able to make, make those calls and those decisions. They have to be made, but I, I want to, to empower the Gavin, he should do it. Uh, I'll add one last thing. The phrase that annoys me most in yeshiva is when somebody says to me, well, okay, that's here, but what about in the real world? Okay? The yeshiva is the real world. There is no real world outside of our values. You know, Rabbi Ryan and I once went to a seminar where JLIC educators were telling horror stories about things that happened. You know, so one of the stories, a guy comes into his room and there's a girl sitting there on his bed. You know, what should he do? So that's the real, in the real world, 
You call the police. <laughs> somebody, I came to my house, there's somebody sitting on the bed. I call the police. Why is that the real world? It's not. The real world is the world of our values. The real world is our family. The real world is the things that we take with us. Okay, then we have to deal with things in the not real world and apply them. But the idea that there's something more real outside of yeshiva, I think, is completely wrong. And on that very positive note, Yoel is telling me we should wrap it up. So thank you to everybody who ignored all my instructions. Thank you everyone for joining. Please, there's uh, still food, refreshments, music, Kasha. Thank you for everyone.